Hello, my name is Taina Evans, and today is August 29th, and I'm here with... Laura MacArthur Wright. Lisa Jackson. And we're at the New Lost Library for the Our Streets, Our Story project at Brooklyn Public Library. Our Streets, Our Stories is an oral history project focusing on East New York. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about where you're from? Uh, I'm from... You don't want an exact, do you? Um, whatever you want to share. Uh, well, I'm from Wyona Street, uh, between Hegeman and New Lots. And, um, do you, would you like to know what I remember? Well, when did you, did you first move here? Were you born in New York? Uh, no, I was not born here. I was born in Harlem. Okay. Right, you know. That's basically my biggest history. But anyway, um. Uh, what I remember coming here uh, when I came here, which is actually late 69, but I really didn't come to live until 19, what was it, 70, a little bit, 71. I remember uh, at that time we really didn't have that many black people here. It was still primarily Jews and, and uh, most importantly, and I want this indicated in your information, Wyona Street between Hegeman and New Lots, or should I say Hegeman and Lennon Boulevard, remains to be one of the best left streets that they are in East New York. By that I mean a lot of the other streets, they're fine, so they've done some remodeling, but much of what we have in our neighborhood with, in that area is still original, still original. Some people who have been there for many, many years. Some are still there, some have gone on, some have passed or whatever. Uh, but I remember that when I first came here, my husband and I, uh, it was such a flourishing neighborhood. New Lots was a vibrant place at that time. They had many stores. There was a restaurant that I don't hear anybody speak of. You have a lot of Chinese takeouts, but on the corner of Bradford and New Lots, there was an actual sit-down restaurant, Chinese restaurant, where you could go and sit down and have dinner. And when I asked people sometimes about that, they said, oh, I don't remember. Plus, we had the Biltmore Theater, which was a beautiful theater. I used to come to it before even coming here. And um, it was a, what they call a red carpet theater. It was nice. We could leave from out of our house and just walk to the corner and go to the Biltmore Theater. You know, it was a big, large theater. Plus, we had school supply stores, and I think Bresnes was still there at that time in the area, because if you know anything about Bresnes, Bresnes was a very large furniture store, which took in between uh, Wyona and New Lots, all the way down to Bradford. You know, they covered pretty much most of the block, and that was the big furniture store. They sold everything. A lot of people went there to buy. And it was just a, a much more flourishing area at the time. We even had what they don't have anymore. We had little lounges where you could go and sit down and 
have a drink without the disturbance, you know, and it was nice. And people were, to me, much more friendlier back then. Uh, and we often talk about that because even in our block, most everybody, when you came home from work, you know, everybody was talking to you. Hi, how you doing? That kind of thing. And most people don't even know anything like that in the neighborhood. They wouldn't even dream of anything like that in the neighborhood. So um, that's some of the things that I remember. Uh, we didn't have 20 laundromats. We had a laundromat on the corner. It was a big laundromat on the corner of Wyoming Street. As I said, you had the uh, couple of lounges where you could go to if you wanted to go and sit down and maybe have a drink or hear music or whatever the case might be. We didn't have a hundred bodegas or, or what we have presently, you know, that's on the corners now, which we don't need. Uh, we need more substantial things that will help our neighborhood. But unfortunately, when you own private property, whoever owns these private properties, you can't tell them what to do. You know, they sell or rent to whoever they want to. And, uh, else I remember we had housing we had benches in front of our house wooden benches with each one of the houses had wooden benches in the front of the house they weren't chained down if you were walking down the street and you wanted to sit down you could sit down and take a rest yeah so, like I said, Biltmore took up pretty much the corner where Juniors is, Western Beach Juniors. And then, like I said, all down the block was homes and, you know, benches and people were friendlier, you know. We did have a mixture of Jews at that time. And we, uh, like I said, it, it was just nice. We you had the hospital there, too. Right? Yes, you had the hospital in New Lots, where you have hospital? the homeless now. You know, the, the homeless right there on the corner. What's the name of the hospital? It, it used to be Interboro. Um, Interfaith or Interboro before it was... Was it Linden General? Yeah, Linden General. Yeah, that's on the corner of... I think the name Bradford. is still up there. Right. Up there in the carving. Right. We had a hospital. Yes, we, we had a hospital right there where you see those homeless people. Well, you know, I think it's for... It's on New Lots between Bradford and Noah. It, exactly, yeah. And the name might still be up in the right. stone. Yeah, in the carvings. Um, what else? Uh, oh, it was just so many things, you know. We had... You know, when you came down from Van Sickling to come off the subway, coming to go home, we had nice little newsstands, you know, people could get their paper, a little coffee in the morning before they went up to the subway, uh, that kind of stuff. And people were just a lot more friendlier, and we didn't have all of what we have on New Lots now, which is... I'm not saying that, you know, some of it is not beneficial to the neighborhood, but we don't need 20 laundromats. We don't need a lot of uh, grocery stores or, or the new name they're using called Delis. 
and you know, deli to me means something else. It doesn't mean what that means. Exactly. You know, deli. If you go to if deli, being from New York, if you call, if you label your store deli, when you went in it, you actually was in a delicatessen with slice, nice fresh lunch meat, and you know the whole thing. Um, people. I don't know, people just kept their homes up a lot better. And uh, unfortunately, when some people moved out of the neighborhood, you know, new owners took over, things changed, as you could know. And right where you see the furniture store, all of that was housing. You know, the furniture store and the laundromat and all of that? That was housing. There were houses there. So people lived there. It was a big house on that corner and it was houses going around the corner. So that's what they had. You know, they had all of that there. They had, oh, and they had a little restaurant. They were one family homes? No, they were two level. And say maybe it would be two on the floor. I think the one on the corner, because I remember when they had the fire. A two or three on, the, on each landing. You know, that one was a walk-up. But all there was houses. And it was just so different, you know. And like I said, people were much more friendlier. Even when uh, the Jews started moving out and, you know, blacks started moving in, even then, people were so much more friendlier they, you know, and our neighborhood really was a neighborhood where you hear about that village and raising a child. That's what our neighborhood was about. Like, I never worried that when I went to work and came home, if my son did something or children did something, you know, it was all right for her mom to say something to him or her. And, you know, there was no hassles or anything like that. You know, you knew and you scolded them or whatever the case might be. And everybody looked out for one another's children. It was, uh, when I think about stuff like that, you know, it's just not there anymore. You know, it's really not there. And I guess it's a situation like, a, like people say, well, you know, things change. And I'm not, not that I'm not for change, because change is good in a positive way. But uh, if the change is not in a positive way, and it's just a whole bunch of things thrown together to do what? Then what is the purpose of your change? A neighborhood should change based upon their needs. If I need a hardware and I don't want to go to Home Depot, I need to be able to go around the corner and go to a hardware. I know there's one down around here. He's been here a while, but whatever. I'm saying a hardware, uh, a drugstore. Uh, you know, we have a lot of drugstores now because they're related to Brookdale. A lot of, you know, the, you know that's how the business goes, you know. You go to the clinic and you go to the... In fact, the clinic used to be part of the furniture store. Yes, that was Bresner's. All of that was Bresner's. We actually lost Bresner's in the 1977 blackout. 
yeah. took out a lot of our neighborhoods yeah, in right. Brooklyn, not just East New York. Yeah. But um, that's when we went there. Resners, after the blackout, they had so much looting that mm -hmm. um, they never were able to come back. Never. In fact, they made it a small store. And that didn't work. That didn't work. And eventually they just moved out. And that's where we got the Brookdale outstation. Yeah, the outstation um, clinic. They took over. The movie theater went out of business. Um, After Muhammad the, Ali. The, 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 I'll tell you when it went out. Muhammad Ali's last fight, they piped it in through the Biltmore Theater. And of course, you know, you had to pay a few dollars to see that fight. And the reason I'll never forget it, because they lined our block with double parked cars. You know, everybody went to see that big fight, you know. So a lot of people couldn't get out of their driveway because the cars were all lined up. And being that that was such a big fight, people came from all over. So we had what you would call a traffic jam here. And what happened was, after the movie, people got so excited. When they were coming out, they broke the ladies. Uh, there was, it was a female owner that owned the Biltmore Theater. They broke the two doors, you know, like the glass doors that come out from the theater. And she was so upset. And she said, you know what? I fixed this glass door one other time. And she said, I'm not going to fix it again. And that became the downfall right there. That's when it started going down and down. And you were not here then, I'm not sure. But what happened is it stayed and stayed until she gave it up and um, then it started going down and it stayed there. It was just a big sore because nothing was happening. Then they tore it down and then it stayed there, just a bunch of dirt waiting for a developer or somebody to come in to, to do something with it for a long time, for several years. And uh, then the property that I was telling you across the street, that house when they had a fire, that was all taken down. So here now we were stuck with empty lot on our side of the street, empty lot on the other side where the furniture store was is presently so our neighborhood and then when the looting after the breastness thing well the blackout and the looting it took down like you know she said many of our neighborhoods but all of our stores the little little uh we had a school supply store around the corner where in the vicinity where western beef is and they took out that they started burning things. And as a matter of fact, somebody got killed in that riot because they trampled them. They were so busy going in the store, taking stuff out, they trampled the person to death on the way out. So people were walking, it was, it was amazing. They were walking down the street with washing machines, asking people, do you want a refrigerator? You know, and here we were, you know, we, we, 
we need some light. And you're talking about selling, you know, people were more concerned with what had happened and they were had their properties and they were afraid. So that really was a tough time and that was that that was really the beginning of the downfall of our neighborhood and you might as well say most of East New York because they they just took it all the way down New Lots, right? They 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 either burned out or looted <coughs> all of New Lots. There is a man going down around um on the corner, you know where that grocery store is, is it Kifu, Bravo, or whichever one that's on New Lots presently now? Bravo. Yeah, Bravo. That store changed names about four or five times, but there's a gentleman that, and I think he still owns it, he had a Benjamin Moore paint store, and uh, he, you know, people used to go for their paints, and I think he sold a few old things in the hardware line and stuff like that, and he was the only, about the only thing left. And he tried, he stayed in his store day and night, you know, because people were going to loot the store. So I think he owned the whole building, so he stayed there. And I was amazed that he was able to stay because everything else was either burnt out, they had looted it, and it was just a mess. So there we go. See, I didn't live on Wyoming when we had the blackout, but right. I was in the neighborhood. Yeah. I came to East New York in 75, mm -hmm. um, from basically Crown Heights. Mm -hmm. I was a teenager when I came. Mm -hmm. um, the church I now attend, St. Paul Community Baptist Church, there used to be a Jewish synagogue. Right yes. there on Hendrick Street, between Stanley and Linden, Mm -hmm. um, you also had a big Chinese restaurant right there on Linden between Sicklin yes. and Hendrix. That was called the Happy Inn. And that was beautiful. I it mean, was that really was a beautiful nice. place. And you could also go there and have dinner have. and drinks. They had a nice big bar. Yes, they did. And over the years, like you say, probably after the blackout, they, they, Made the place smaller, then it became just a. It was just a, a bar, bar a, right. a little club, and until they went out of business. They used to have a business there called um, the Chicken Place. Um, oh yeah, Chicken Delight. Used right, to be Chicken there. Delight. There was a Chicken Delight on Linden, and there was a. Carvel uh, was over there on Vincent right. We had that, and we um, had, of course, the Chase Bank before it Well, Chase out. Bank wasn't Chase at the time. It was Manufacturer's Handover. Right. Um, you also had another movie theater. I'm not sure. When I moved in the neighborhood, it was an X-rated movie theater. The pen, up at the pen Mall. Was that going back to Sutter? No, the pen Mall, right up there on Workman and Pennsylvania Avenue. I remember it being an X-rated, but I'm not sure if it was always X-rated. Right. Um, I went to Thomas Jefferson Attics, which is now a church, Bethlehem Baptist Church on Vermont. That was an A&B, too. <laughs> really? See, I didn't know that. Because I used to live on Snedeker Avenue. Yeah, so it was, um, now it's the church, but it used to be um, part of... Um, Thomas Jefferson High School. Um, so those are the little things I remember. 
We had another um, hospital somewhere down on Linden Boulevard across from the Times Square stores. Interfaith. Uh, or oh, was that Baptist? It became Baptist, but it was first Interfaith. Okay. You had Times Square stores on Linden Boulevard oh, where the movie theater is now. Um, we used to have... Uh, we had a lot of stores there. We even had that expensive store over there in that mall at the time in Times Square, if you remember. They had the dental store. They had a dental office, and then they had, I forgot what the name of that store was. It was an expensive store within there, but they had other stores too. And till today, sometimes I will say, where, you talking about Times Square store? I can't get used to the fact that it is what it is. You know, now that's the movie house you're talking about. We're talking about across the, sh on the, yeah. The movie house was Times Square. The movie Square. house was Times Square, yeah. And then, I can't remember that other store. It was a big, big department big, big. store. Yes. Um, the biggest thing they had in East New York at the time, right? And then they had some other small stores, remember, I think it was. And after that, they turned it into a kind of somewhat flea market. And I think people would be downstairs and they were renting their little spot, but that didn't last too long, you know. And people used to talk about it. I remember the pink houses even back then, but for some reason, not like, the, you know, it got later on in the years. You know, pink houses has always been a popular place that people refer to, the pink houses. I remember back then they... They used to say, what is that? And they said, pink houses, you know. I actually, when I came here, I was 15, and I was I lived in boulevard houses. Mm -hmm. You still had a lot of Jews in the boulevard houses. And from what I was told about the history, a boulevard houses was, when they were built years ago, there was nothing but dirt road on the boulevard, mm -hmm. and so on. And people with a higher income, moved to boulevard houses. So it was an mm -hmm. upscale uh, housing. And basically, it's still a very nice housing project, mm -hmm. you know. Now here's one that I'll tell you it about. It had a writing academy on Linden Boulevard and Ashford Street also, a uh, horse. They're still out there, the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, but that's not the same as, like, where Linden, it too. was a, um, Stable where they actually the had stable. all of that was still rock, rock, right? From what I was told, I'm talking about long before you even came, yeah. You because know, that's the history City I had was, not, was nothing but a was, was nothing but land waste. Now, all that you see that stuff sitting on all those houses that's sitting on there that, that was garbage, was, <laughs> that was a garbage dump, land waste. You would find some of anything there. So what happened to Starrack City when they first built it? When you would go over to the supermarket, a lot of people, I, I kept saying, why are they buying so much roach spray and uh, mice things? You know, you would see them checking out at the counter. And what happened is because it was wasteland for so many years, you know, what they did is they disturbed the uh, the, all the the rodents. So when they built Star Egg City, and a lot of people don't talk about this, 
uh, when you used to go over there, you would get a funny odor. This was after the buildings were already built and on top. So you would get this little slight funny odor. And they had a real bad problem in the brand, all these brand new buildings, they had a problem with infestation of roaches and mice. But what I will tell you about Wyona Street, though I did not live there, but you know my husband was in the area at the time. He told me about the time that you would ride through Wyona Street and you know the uh, NFL workers, you know the factory workers. Well, at that time, there was a time that the truck would come through and they had a line coming from the windows. Most of these are just two-level houses here. And they did the piece work. They would pick up, like, let's say they were doing sleeves. Like you had, maybe, you had to do sleeves. And I did maybe uh, the fronts of a jacket or whatever. So they had lines coming from their windows and the truck will come through and they would send the, the whatever they had completed their lot or whatever they would send it down by a rope and the the uh, person with the truck would take that receive that and then they would send them up another batch into the window and they were doing piecework now that's long before I came here you know but, you know, I, I got the history and stuff on it. And I said, you, you mean they were, <laughs> I was trying to imagine ropes coming out of the window like a line. Right. So, yeah, all of that. But also, there was a movie house that was very popular, they said, in, was Sutter Avenue, I think it was. Big movie. A lot of people used to talk about it. There it was, was a movie house on Sutter and... Ralph, between Ralph and um, under the train. Okay, so there was one closer to, like right up by Blake, but all in that area. So I don't recall. Because I, I used to hear people talk about that. I said, I don't know anything about that because I never actually went you over there. You had the Kicking Theater, mm -hmm. from what I know, and you had the Theater on Sutter. Back in the day, James Brown came to the Pickens Theater, mm -hmm. so that was a big thing, right? Uh, back then, and he was—he used to do a lot of in Brooklyn anyway. He uh, did a lot of—I think I heard them say he did a lot of shows and stuff. Well, like James did. used to be affiliated with him. Remember, you know the one out from your mom's building. Well, well, the big thing was uh, when he came down to the Pickens Theater mm -hmm. um, many years ago. I was still. <laughs> right. Uh, I've never seen him in Brooklyn. Where I did see him is at the Apollo. Yeah, the Apollo Theater. So, I mean, I've been here a long time. It wasn't my first choice to come here because everybody used to refer to Brooklyn at that time. They said, oh, you're going to the sticks. <laughs> I said, the sticks. That was even worse because I was coming from Harlem. You know, I wasn't used to, oh, what is that, a country or something? <laughs> but they used to refer to it as that. 
And I wish I could remember that part, but he's good. He knows that uh, he, he would tell you how the connection of New Lots goes all the way up and nobody ever wants to talk about that. New Lots takes in another area that we are not familiar with. Yeah. I have to get, if I see him at the board meeting, I, I will get him. Also this, they just changed this what, year before last, to the burial ground, where we're at right now. Um, right. Slaves, used, slave owners used to own this area, and here, mm -hmm. across the street by the church. You're familiar so it has with the barons, aren't you? My Yeah, that's who helped name, get the street name renamed, because all of this, even where you sit, all of this was burial ground. The black burial ground. I mean, I was here for a while, and I didn't know that myself. So that church, you know, you know, that's the landmark right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a lot of history in Brooklyn, uh, whether one chooses to talk about it or not, or if those who are, who are around are no longer around. But um, there is a lot of history here, and. As I said, Brownsville was East New York. But what happened was when they start giving out <coughs> monies for the different neighborhoods, funding, I guess, or whatever, what happened was they, they were giving them more money than they were given to East New York. See, when you cross Pennsylvania Avenue, you right there in Brownsville. So, it was never a separation. It became a separation when they started doing funding and they separated and made that, they wanted to be Brownsville and they wanted to give more to them than they gave to East New York. So, you know, uh, that's how you got, I guess, East New York and Brownsville, because technically speaking, as you look at it, you would think maybe that would be East New York. Is there uh, anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to, or something that you would like to leave for future generations to take away with? Uh... In order for future generations to take away anything, I think they first have to understand what it was that was here. They don't know the history, really, of East New York because it's certainly not taught in the schools. And for whatever reasons, you know, parents are just not or have not really concentrated that much on history of East New York this more negativity that has been promoted about East New York than anything, which leaves us with a shadow all the time as being such a horrible place and people really don't even want to live. Because even when they look in the papers and they see that the apartment is in East New York, you could have a beautiful apartment. They're not coming because East New York has such a bad reputation. It's getting better, you know, than it was. But I, you can't leave history to children if you first 
don't inform them of what was here and how it was. And every parent really has not been that conscientious about doing so with their children. They live here, they grow up, they move on, or never come back, or whatever the case is. I would hope that in some form or fashion that there could be some kind of history of East New York taught to children so that they could know more of the positive things that East New York once represented and hopefully in the future will continue to rep represent or bring us up back to where we were. And maybe it would teach them to respect and care for their community a lot better than they have. I know there's not much here for them to do. You know, we need more of that, you know, so we don't even want to go in to talk about the recreation we need here for youngsters and all of that, because there's none here. We need that. It's coming, but it's not here. So, I, I don't know, I just feel like you need some history to show them, if it be by film or what have you, or maybe to maybe use utilize your library and maybe have sessions and say, hey, you know, come to the library and learn about where you live. You know, but it has to be consistent. If you start it, you need to keep going. So, you know, they're not going to come until they see that you're really positive about it. And it's not like a one or two time thing. Because certainly these kids need to know about uh, East New York and, you know, they need to be taught to respect their communities the way youngsters used to. You know, they used to care. It used to be that they, our kids did go down the street and drop the stuff in the garbage can because that's what they were taught, not on the street. Thank you, ladies, for your time.